Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. And I know you're going to enjoy our guest today. I've had the privilege of knowing him on Facebook for a while and then connecting. I had a good phone visit the other day. And our guest today is Rex Gaspy. Rex, 59 years young. He grew up in Birmingham, Alabama. When you hear him, you're going to hear a definite accent. He doesn't think he has an accent, but... uh, He went to a private Christian school from third grade to 12th grade, where he learned a lot about the Bible, but as he says, virtually nothing about God. He got a bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering from Auburn. I think they play football there. And he he worked as a design engineer at power plants and foundries. He's in industrial sales today. He's uh, married to his wife, Tommy. She's his right hand. And uh, one day, if he ever retires, he wants to teach at a local community college. He loves to play chess. I do too. So hopefully we can do that sometime. He he loves to research all kinds of things on the internet. He loves music of the 60s, which he posts on the internet. And he's a self-described flower child. And uh, he, Rex says we're living in the most amazing times, which I agree. Rex, thanks for being with us today. Hello. Hello, Paul. Thanks for having me. I told you you'd hear that Southern accent. You said something. You said something that I caught on to. You said you like to play chess. <laughs> I, I do. I do. I'm probably not in your league, but I like to play. Yeah, I've got a grandson that I play with, and uh, he's he's finally got to the point where he can beat me. And well, we'll talk about that another time. Rex, thank you for being with us. Let's start out like I always do. Tell the folks how the understanding that you and I and, and we're growing into of God's unconditional love for everybody and God's grace. Tell us how that's affected your relationships with your, your family, your friends, the people in the workplace. What difference has it made? It makes all the difference in the world, my friend. <laughs> it does. I used to believe the traditional gospel story you know, back when I was in school, and I kind of believed it reluctantly. And I had questions about, you know, how could a loving God, and they told me that he was loving, send people to a place of eternal torment. And I said, this just didn't make sense. But I accepted it, and I accepted it reluctantly because I was a child, and there were adults telling me these things, and I was taught to respect my elders, not question adults, and so I, so I did, and I kind of struggled with it for a while, and then I went to college, and I kind of compartmentalized everything. So it didn't bother me for a while, and then, but see, living with guilt, because I thought I'd done something really terrible, and I didn't really. I had a lot of guilt, and it all came crashing down on me because my brain chemistry had changed, and I didn't know it. And I had a psychotic episode on October the 16th, 1991, and I did some pretty dangerous things. I won't 
go into much detail here, but it cost me my first marriage. I haven't been able to see my adopted son. And there were some very terrible things that happened, but it wasn't because I was a bad person. It was because I was terribly, terribly afraid. I woke up in the middle of the night and I could not think. My mind was racing and I couldn't put thoughts together. And at one point I attempted suicide and the gun jammed. (laughs) The gun jammed, Paul. (laughs) I would think God had something to do with that. He did. He did. And from that point on, I said, well, I could have just ditched religion and God altogether. In fact, I have ditched religion, <laughs> but I didn't ditch God. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, it was like God was saying, you know, you need to forget the things that people have told you about me. And you need to start reading the Bible and doing research. And let me show you who I really am. And man, he showed me that he loves me. Back when I believed that other gospel, I didn't want to share it with anybody. But today, I can't stop sharing it. I can't stop it. I tell strangers all the time, and they look at me like I'm the man from the moon sometimes. But then sometimes they don't. You've heard of Julie for Word, haven't you? Yes. Well, she wrote a book called Raising Hell. And um, I got that book. Yeah. And I've, and I've read the book. Now, that book didn't change my life. It was something that I came to understand years before I ever knew Julie for Word or even read her book. The book is very well written, I thought. And so I bought two cases of the short and sweet version. I give them out to people and people, people that I know and people that I'll see again. I'll say, hey, read that book. And they'll say, yeah, they said, I read the book. And some people say, well, no, I'm kind of afraid to read the book, you know, because it goes against their teaching. But it's so wonderful to know that God is God's intent and God's will is to save everybody. And he's going to do it. He's going to do it. I promise. He promises. He is. How'd you find out about Julie? Actually, through Facebook. She advertised her book and I went and bought the book and then I bought the short and sweet version, the the two cases of that. And that's how I came to find her out. And if you ask her, she'll tell you that I'm her adopted daddy. (laughs) I told her, I said, I said, so I'm going to perform this adoption by the power vested in me by the state board of Alabama, a society of engineers. I declare that I'm your. Oh, that's good. So that book made a big difference in your life. Have there been other people, other books, things that have impacted you? Oh, I want to tell you, the last time I've been to the mental hospital four times in my life, and the whole time I was pondering this Christian universal salvation, and I didn't really come to embrace it until one day back in 2004, I was feeling kind of down, and I said, well, I'm going to buy a gift for me. I'm going to get a gift. And I went into a gift store, and I saw a placard, and it said, love endures all things. Love bears all things. Love never fails. And I said, this is it. And so I took it up to the clerk, and I put it there, and I'm smiling, and he says, is this a gift? And I said, yes, it is. <laughs> so <laughs> to me then, Paul. It was awesome. It really was. 
I'll never forget that. Wow. My doctors are amazed that I haven't been back in the hospital. I have, I have what's called schizoaffective disorder. And I didn't ask for it, you know, but it was something that it, my brain chemistry changed from years of depression and guilt. And it all came crumbling down on me one day back in 1991. But I'm not going back there. <laughs> Good for you. I don't want to put uh, words in your mouth, Rex, but and you don't have to go here if you don't want to. But do you think that the years of depression and guilt came from the Christian school that you went to when you were starting in the third grade? They certainly did. There's no doubt about that in my mind. It affected a lot of kids, but some kids didn't look at it that way. I mean, they say, well, I said the prayer and I'm saved, so you know, I don't have to worry about it. Uh, you know, and I was like always concerned about people that didn't believe. And I was a smart kid, okay? I knew that the world was a big, big place. And there were a lot of people that were going to live and die and never hear about Jesus Christ. And I thought, man, you just can't send them to hell. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. <laughs> and it doesn't make sense. Oh, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. So it didn't make sense to you, but yet you were being taught that. And heard that from people that had letters after their name. And, you know, Hitler said, if you tell a lie long enough, people will believe that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I don't, uh, Hitler aside, I don't think the teachers that we've had in religion were intentionally trying to lead us. Oh, no. I think they were trying to do it for my own good. I really do. Yeah. I don't, I, I give these people, I don't hold anything against them. But I do think that the teaching that I learned there is what caused me to feel that way. I had a hard time really understanding that God really loved me, you know, and, and I had the prayer and, and I believed, okay, I always believed, but then they would say something like, well, the, I, the demons believe and they tremble, you know, it was like that helmet of salvation that everybody's supposed to have on their head. It was like they were constantly trying to take it off of me. <laughs> okay. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Jesus loves you, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So after you got out of school and you had that first episode, did you try going back to church after that? Well, I didn't try to go back to church. I went a few times, but never very regular. And recently I tried to go back to church and, it's hard to say, but I love those people at the church I was at. I do with all my heart, but there was just a disconnect there. And um, I don't know if you understand that, but I've, I've quit going to church. I yeah. can't find a church here in West Tennessee that believes like I do, anywhere close to like I do. I can understand that completely. And boy, that's a big part of what I spend my life these days doing is, is helping people who not helping them go back to church, but helping them to see that God does love them and he loves everybody else. And He, uh, Jesus' finished work at the cross is finished. He's done it all for them. And, you know, Rex, I get people from all over the country, all over the world, really, contacting me and saying, you know, do you know of a church like this in Luxembourg or in Australia or in Belgium or in Ireland or, you know, in Alaska or wherever. Now, there may be some, but I don't know of any. I, I do know of a few here in the United States, a few. They're everywhere else. They're far away. Yeah, they are. 
And so what I do online is, is, you know, is try to connect with different people. There's so many people that want to connect with, I used to say like-minded believers I, anymore. I'll call us like-hearted believers. We want to connect with each other and encourage each other. And so I'm so grateful for the internet allowing us to do that because there aren't very many places yet. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There will be. <laughs> well, there will be. And I don't ever see it. I hope it will never become religious institutions. I, I hope it will stay small groups, you know, five, 10, 15 people in, in a house getting together, encouraging each other, uh, maybe even watching things online on together or whatever, but just encouraging each other, reminding each other how much God loves us. And I still have, it's illegal. You, you said by the power invested in me by the state of Alabama. We still have a legal church corporation here in Lawrence, Kansas, just outside of Kansas City, but it's only for tax purposes. We no longer have a statement of faith. We don't have any rituals. We don't have any doctrines. We just believe, uh, you know, and there are not a lot of us, 20 or so, but we all are convinced that God loves us. He's in us. He's always been us. And he loves everybody else and it's always been in them. And we don't have anything to exclude other people or tell people, no, you got to believe this or do that, or you can't be part of our group. And I think there, there are groups like this that are growing around the world. I think so too. And maybe one day they'll come here to Covington, Tennessee. You know, it's yeah. like I told that do have a church, you know, like um, some of my other friends that are in a church. And I said, we need churches like you in, in Covington, Say send missionaries, please. You know, <laughs> how far are you from Chattanooga? I'm on the other side of the state from. Uh, okay. I'm I'm over in West Tennessee, and there's not a whole lot. There's not a whole lot. <laughs> you're in the Bible Belt, but the, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Maybe you're going to be the guy God calls in your community to start a group like this. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I've been hearing it from my friends. They've been saying, hey, you need to do this. And I'm like, I'm kind of afraid. I mean, you know, the thing is, I have a family, okay? And there's no money in this, okay? <laughs> Tell me about it. it at all. Nobody is sending me money so I can buy that jet, okay? That's what I keep doing. <laughs> Maybe they'll send you enough you can get two and give me one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, but... Many of the people that I know who are doing this are bivocational. Uh, you know, we have income from some other source and we just get together with a group once a week or something like that. And uh, so, you know, when God calls you to do something, you'll know it and you'll know. I've got friends, you know, David Adams. Yeah. And I talk almost every day and yeah. at least a friend of mine. And so I'm branching out and I'm meeting other people. You're in and good company. Yeah, it's really, really it's really good to have the internet. But you know, I'm going to tell you, nothing beats a face to face. Nothing beats a face to face. No, and that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. That's really what I'm looking for. Well, I'm hoping you and I will get to meet face to face one of these days. Well, we will one day for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it happens before then. <laughs> yeah, me too. Well, as we get ready to finish up, Rex, tell us you're in industrial sales now. And so you meet people all the time. Does the opportunity come up? You mentioned giving away the book, Raising Hell. Does God give you opportunities to tell people how much he loves them? Yes, he does. He does. I started doing that yesterday with a customer of mine. And he says, 
well, the Bible does mention hell, you know, <laughs> he, kind of, he kind of shut me down from that point forward. You know, there was no way I could get through doing, you know, but he's still my customer and I might send him something, you know, you never know. Yeah. I have a longtime friend who used to come to our church, but uh, doesn't anymore. And, and hell is a big sticking point with him. And, you know, and I, I've talked with him about it. I've given him books. I've given him stuff. And uh, it's a hard thing for people who've been taught that all their life. It's a hard thing to to let go of that concept. It's something you've got to let go of to deepen your relationship with God, to really understand who he is. And yeah. I believe you got to let go of it. And I think it's a big stumbling block. I've told friends, I said, you know what the three most destructive things that man has ever created? And they say, what? And I said, nuclear weapons, the belief in eternal conscious torment, and credit cards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm pretty much with you there. Yeah. yeah. Has the virus affected your work? Do you still go and meet people on sales calls in person? I do. I do. And sometimes I have to wear a mask because they want me to wear a mask. And other times I don't. I didn't yesterday. It was a cottonseed mill. I sell mobile rail car movers, big machines. They weren't wearing masks there, and he didn't expect me to wear a mask. And And I put out my elbow to, to tell him goodbye like I was going to shake hands with him. And he stuck his hand out, and I shook his hand. You know, sure. I, But I will say, and I, and I told you this earlier today, that my wife's first cousin, Danny Howard, passed away. And he did have COVID. And so it's a very real thing. You've got to be careful, but we've got to be able to take these masks off. You know, I want to see people's faces again. I want to interact with people. I'm going to hug people again. Me too. This thing will run out. This thing is going to run out. It will. And I think we're getting to where we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. So, well, Rex, we're about out of time here. Before we finish up, tell people how they can connect with you, uh, where they can uh, get a hold of you on Facebook and that kind of thing. Okay. My name is Rex, R-E-X, Gasky, G-A-S-K-E-Y, just like a gas and a key. Okay. And I'm the only one on Facebook. Gasky is an unusual name. <laughs> and so I'm the only Rex Gasky on the planet, probably. And you can find me on Facebook. I will give you my email address, but it's kind of long. But uh, Facebook is probably the best way to connect with me. It, I'm so grateful for Facebook. And I know people will want to connect with you because I've enjoyed doing that. And you got a lot to share, Rex. And uh, one of these days, whether it's starting a little group there in West Tennessee or online or whatever, I'll be interested in keeping in touch with you and seeing what happens. Okay. All right. Thank you, Rex, for your time and for being with us today. Thank and, you. And thank you, everybody, for being with us today on another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray and today with Rex Gaston. See you all next time. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.